0: We are back this week to look at the crazy volatility, mostly to the downside in North American markets since the start of 2022. I take a brief look at the yo-yo action and and a number of well-known tech stocks over the past week, including Microsoft, Alphabet, Apple, and Amazon, all on the plus side, and Netflix, Meta, PayPal, and the rest of the tech market generally on the negative side. From our mailbag, I answer a question on Kathy Wood's Arc innovation etf aaron reviews reviews what went wrong this past week with meta platforms owner of facebook the largest social media platform in the world meta dropped nearly 26 percent thursday after the release of its fourth quarter results a historic loss aaron lets you know why finally brennan answers a listener question on ecosynthetic inc symbol ECO on the TXX, which offers a range of sustainable engineered biopolymers that allow customers to reduce their use of harmful materials such as formaldehyde and styrene based chemicals. The stock has pulled back to start 2022, but it has positive gains over the past year and five year periods. Brennan examines whether the fundamentals of the business justify these gains. So let's get into our show this week. I'm going to welcome both Brennan and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Doing well.
2: Welcome, gentlemen. Doing well. Good afternoon.
0: Looking forward to a a big conference we have coming up this week, the World Outlook Conference. Encourage uh, any listeners out there, go grab tickets, uh, of course, to listen to myself and Aaron speak at that event. We'll be talking the small cap portfolio. Aaron's going to add some bonus dividend and U.S. growth stock picks in there. Uh, So it should be a good event. Really actually looking forward to when we can do this back in person again. Uh, It's virtual. So I love doing this event when there's 1,500 people in the crowd and, you know, you get to interact with everybody there. We have hundreds of clients that go to this event every year. It's nice to sit down, shake their hands. Hopefully this time next year we get back in person. Two years in a row we've done it virtually It'd be good to do that and bring Brennan into town, yeah, right? I just want to get out of go out for uh, dinner. Out of
3: Saskatchewan. Well, it's minus thirty out here. So it'd be That's nice. That's the only
2: thing I'm not looking forward to, actually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. would agree with Having Ryan though. I'm getting person. a little sick of these sure. virtual presentations. It it'd be nice to get back in front of a a live crowd of people, actually go to some of these conferences in person and and see some people that we haven't seen in a couple of years. It's it's been it's been two years now since we've spoken in front of a live audience, and yeah. that's the longest yeah. I've ever gone without speaking in front of a live crowd in my in my since I started in finance. Um, yeah, you know, it's close crazy. To two decades ago, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, of course, you know, looking forward to seeing Brendan too. I guess. Oh,
3: thanks.
0: Yeah, I mean, we get to—we're gonna see them in a month. We get to go a month and a half. We get to go to a, well, knock on wood. Right now, we're scheduled to go to a you know a conference in, uh, about 400 companies in California. Do some research down there at the Roth Conference. So that should be you know getting back to more normal, uh, normal type of interactions that we have with the you know companies that we put into our research. So that should be nice. Um, hopefully, that is to kick off some normalcy going forward. Now. I talked about the volatility. I'm going to answer a question here first uh, on PayPal. We got a number of questions from listeners. We also had clients in our chat ask about it. So I'm just going to answer the way I answered in our chat. I I said PayPal, uh, huge volatility uh, to the downside. Uh, It's a business we like and monitor but have not recommended due to valuation concerns over the past several years. It. I it, said it's the latest in a cautionary tale of valuations. The market appears to be reminding investors that valuations do indeed matter. The company PayPal reported decent growth in its quarter, but missed earnings slightly and guided to lower growth this coming year. Uh, growth in terms of revenues to about 15% from analyst expectations of 18 uh, that doesn't sound that terrible, but there was some more disturbing you know, parts to the growth. The growth guidance are concerned. concern. The company expects to add about 15 to 20 million new accounts in 2022. That's down from 48.9 million in 2021. So the growth is slowing there. And a year ago, PayPal set out plans to double its active accounts to around 750 million by 2025. So over a five-year period. At its 2022 pace, it will come not nowhere near to that goal, essentially. So having said this, in a normalized valuation period, this type of announcement is not likely to lead to a stock losing 25% of its value in one day, particularly such a large business and a stock that had corrected nearly 45% already over the past six months, However, when a company with high or premium valuations that grows at say 15 to 18% stumbles slightly, it can get punished. So the company now, where is it now? That's what you know our clients are, are looking at. What do we do now? Uh, we don't own the stock, but they're looking, is it a time to buy? Uh, it's around 26 times forward estimates. Now these estimates, in our opinion, will likely have to be lowered given the guidance going forward here. But it may be starting to look a little more interesting on a valuation basis. But again, to give you an idea, the average market P.E. is 22.5, so it's still a premium to that. It's not historically cheap, despite the stock in the last six months. PayPal, a venerable business, it's dropped 60% in the last six months on a valuation basis. It may still not be on sale right now. That's incredible. These companies, yeah, Yeah, it is. is We're going to talk about
2: Facebook uh, a little bit later as well. um But uh no, it it is incredible to see these multi, almost in in the case of Facebook, almost a trillion dollar company lose a quarter of its value in a single day. You're you're not you don't typically see that level of volatility in these kinds of names. So, PayPal. You know i know it's it's one of the things that that investors are worried about is that it's a very competitive business from a valuation yes. basis i mean it's cheaper now than it's been in a long time but really what the market is saying is that they don't trust the growth going forward and i think yeah. that that's that's true in a lot of names but um i should we talk about some of the research we're doing in this space ryan are we are we ready
0: to do that Sure, I, I was just gonna. Can I summarize just the, yes. the week that was kind of for? Yeah, yeah do well, that and then, then, then we we'll can talk, definitely hope, yeah. do that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, it was a tale of two. You know, and, uh, well, I mean, there uh, most of the attack was weak. Has been weak since the start of the year, and really weak since September. And I, in my speech at the outlook, I outline how you know there's a stealth correction going on the fang stocks, which had been performing tremendously well and still are relatively. Uh, had been hiding and masking the gains because of their power and their weight in the overall index, the correction that's been going on in the index overall in terms of the U.S. and the NASDAQ. But if you look this this past week, uh, those who beat estimates and had good growth estimates going forward were safe. Uh, Microsoft, revenues up 20%, net income 21%, widening operating margins. Demand main, remains strong, stock holds in or does well. Google, revenue is up 35%, beat the top line uh, estimates. They announced a 20 for one stock spit. Both of those we have earned, uh, owned, owned for our clients, uh, recommended uh, is what I would say, um, and you know they escaped the carnage. In fact, you know Google one day was up a couple hundred dollars, 8% in one day this past week. Apple, the single largest uh, quarter for the company in terms of revenue ever, uh, 11%. Uh, d- sales were up 11% despite spl- supply chain issues. So um, good quarter stocked as well. Amazon, net sales up 22%. Be- besting estimates, re- uh, earnings-bested estimates uh, significantly. A- and the stock after losing you know, was up Significantly, this morning in trading. So, but those who get beaten up this past week missed estimates. Net in, in the past couple weeks, including Netflix, um, they added 2.5 million users in Q1 versus just under seven million. Uh, that was the estimate there. So, there's increased competition in this space in the streaming space. Uh, prices increased, prices amid slowing growth. They have increased prices, but the stock was killed. Facebook. Uh, Aaron's gonna go over this more but they missed earnings weak guidance stagnating user growth it lost over 200 billion in market value in a day that is absolutely staggering and PayPal you know missed. well you know hit missed slightly but the guidance going forward the growth guidance was definitely a miss and you know the stock like we said it's corrected uh, 60% in the last six months so if you're hitting You seem to be safe right now. If you're missing and trading at premium valuations, uh, that is not where you want to be in the market right now. And uh, investors are punishing those stocks to a degree that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And if you want to go in, Aaron, some of the research we are doing, because when there is volatility, we talked about this, what we see is opportunity, whether that happens today, tomorrow, six months from now, a year from now, uh, we do see some opportunity. So we're doing some research into some of the big and the mid-sized tech level, where uh, companies in the U.S. where we've seen some corrections, hopefully we can start to buy some businesses that we may have wanted to own for the past two to three years, but have been just too expensive.
2: No, certainly, and and really, when I see this level of volatility, it, it actually makes me excited because um, one of the one of the one of the areas of the market that I find the most interesting and have for years is, of course, technology. And when you talk about innovation, problem solving types of businesses, businesses that are really providing solutions to the problems that the world and society faces. Obviously technology is right up at the top of the list, but valuations, I mean, we've made some select recommendations in the space, have performed very well. They performed very well over the last couple of years, but you know, by and large, the valuations in technology have just been in some cases obscene. And we've had to take companies that we love and reduce them from a buy to a hold just because we saw the valuations becoming, uh, I would say, unjustifiable. Well, technology has been hit more than any other sector right now. And if you look at just the the NASDAQ 100 index, I believe it's down about 10-12% from its highs just in November. Um, but that doesn't even really tell the story. There was a, a report out in early January about how I think it was 40% of the companies in the NASDAQ. This is not weighted for market value, just the the, the number of companies in NASDAQ were down. Um, what was it, Ryan, like 50%,
0: 50%? 50%. Like cut in half, cut in half. And and it's accelerated into 2022. So when we get the numbers out right at the end of this month, going into February, um, you know, I am going to guess there's you, you got nearly 50% of the index probably down half or more, which is, you know, a shocking drop that's been like I said, it's a stealth correction that's been masked by strength in the fang stocks and then you saw – you also and that's saw why one the there's FANGs less of hit, a decline
2: in the Nasdaq overall because yes. the fang stocks yeah. like companies like like Alphabet, Google, of the Nasdaq 100 um,
0: I, what is it 50 percent yeah it's
2: it's it's, they 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 make up a a huge portion of the actual market value so when you market value adjust it they really they really reduce that loss but and i mean i haven't verified those i mean those numbers seem unreal i haven't verified them specifically but they certainly coincide with what i've been seeing um, in that space through my research so one of the things we've done over the last couple of weeks here we've been researching uh, a, a very specific list of U.S. technology stocks. It started with 150 profitable uh, U.S. technology software companies. And we've now reduced that list down to about 35 companies through our research. So these are some of the most profitable, uh, hot, fastest growing, most innovative technology companies in, in the market, in the world today. Um, and what we're doing is we're, we're continuing to look through that list and we're hoping To come out with um, at least a couple of recommendations out of it and certainly if there's more volatility to the downside valuations start to look a lot more attractive but just to give you some stats the average company in this list uh, has grown has been growing revenue at 35 to 40 percent um 30 cash flow margins so very profitable businesses these aren't these aren't companies that um that are you know producing revenue but not producing profitability or or minimal profitability these are high growth highly profitable businesses and on average from the start of the year or sorry from their highs uh, 52 week highs these stocks are down about 30 percent so in many cases these are businesses that are going to continue to perform or should continue to have strong growth drivers going forward uh there's several of them that we know very well um, some of them are still relatively expensive but um, valuations in some cases when you look on a forward basis and continue the growth have been cut in half so, a lot of names are starting to look more interesting to us now. And uh, this could be a huge opportunity over the next couple of months to buy some great stocks at better prices.
0: So let me take I'll take another listener question right now, and it kind of dovetails kind of into what Aaron was talking about. Um, there's been a significant decline in some of these technology names um it's a fund somebody asked is it is it time to start buying Kathy Woods Arc Innovation ETF so it's com- and I'll, I'll go over this question right now and we we'll, at the end I'll, I'll I'll say how this fund differs from in terms of its constituents what this a- the assets the stocks that it holds in the fund differ from what Aaron was talking about in terms of that research Um, in terms of those uh, technology or software related companies, because we're looking for profitability and that's not necessarily part of the equation in terms of their criteria here. So to begin with, what is the ARK Innovation ETF symbol A-R-K-K? It's an actively managed exchange traded fund. It seeks long term growth of capital by investing in Um, essentially its theme is disruptive innovation. So areas of DNA technology, genomic revolution, automation, robotics, energy storage, our AI next generation, internet, fintech, and a number of other things. Now it's run by recent market darling, Kathy Wood, which it owns other than Tesla, it does not own many of the mega caps. And the last time we checked, there's none of the FANG stocks in, in that fund, um, or ETF, but there's these potential disruptors and in innovative stocks. To be clear, the fund performed well, very well for three to four years as money piled in, into these type of stocks, but the ARK ETF has lost billions in its unit prices down 38% in the last three months alone, over 50% over the past year, it mirroring the sum of the losses we saw on the, uh, you know, that, that stealth correction in the market. Again, I reiterate what I said in reference to PayPal. It it really turns out here that valuations do matter, particularly when we look at uncertainty, including inflation, rising rates and dwindling stimulus. So uh, that's likely leading to part of the drop here. But... I took a look at the valuations on the top holdings in the fund right now, and that's how we judge whether or not we would want to buy this fund. Again, this is after many of these companies have dropped 50% in value. So are they attractive now? Are the constituents of this fund attractive? So we look at the top holdings. Uh, Tesla is the top holding in this fund. There's Teladoc, Zoom, Roku, Coinbase, Exact Sciences, Unity Software, Spotify, Intelia, Unipath, Twilio, Shopify. Many are good companies, but are they trading at reasonable valuations even after the drops? Now we're going to take the giant Tesla out of the equation here. All the valuations in the company are certainly still elevated. So to give you a context, the like I said, the average market P is 22 and a half. Only one of the companies uh, that I just mentioned there have a PE of under 30 right now. That's Coinbase. And its earnings are actually expected to decline in the coming year. Seven out of the 12 stocks that I mentioned, the top holdings in this fund, do not have any current earnings or even adjusted earnings. And while their price to sales multiples have decreased because of the significant drop in the share prices, historically, they remain high. So again... Most of these stocks lost 50% of their value or more. So one can only imagine the valuations on this fund if we look three to six months ago. Uh, Many traded at 50 to 100 times on a price to sales basis, particularly the SaaS based businesses here. To give you an idea of how overvalued these businesses were, here's a quick breakdown of the peak valuations of some of the true disruptive best companies over the past decade. So if you look at Alphabet, what was its highest, Google, what was its highest price to sales in its history, 23, Netflix, 14, Salesforce, which CRM leader, 19, Amazon was 40, but this was Amazon in the dot-com boom. Two years later, it traded at one-time sales. So it was just an absolute blip on the radar. Uh, Meta or Facebook at 24. So as you can see, this is a list of true once-in-a-lifetime investments. Not even one of these companies came close to a price-to-sales of 45. So you see many of these companies trading at you know 50 to 150 times sales at their peaks, at really trading at premium—not premium, but you know mind-blowing valuations to be honest. Perhaps Arc will achieve some long-term wins with the other Teslas if it can come up with that will boost the fund. And we love innovation. Aaron talks about this all the time. And we we will pay up for great businesses, but we prefer paying you know a reasonable price or a little more for a great business rather than just any price. As such, we would pass on the Arc flagship ETF. It just does not meet our criteria. At least the primary assets in the fund do not meet our criteria. And we're going to prefer to look at the innovative tech-baked businesses that are actually making money right now, some babies that get thrown out with the bathwater. If this correction continues, maybe we buy some of those. Likely not the companies that have really good revenue growth, but zero profitability. Those will leave for others to purchase. That was a great
2: segment. yeah, and we've always said, you know, profitability is about, it's about the validation of the business model and whether or not, I mean, really, you know, whether or not that company is able to actually, one, generate revenues, um, but to actually drive some of that, that those dollars to the bottom line, like that's a validation of the business model. And that's yeah. the reason why we profitability is a, is a minimum criteria for our research. There's, there, there are businesses out there that that are um, not generating profit that will one day generate a profit, certainly. But it's very difficult. uh, It's very difficult for individuals to determine, you know, which of those businesses are going to one day become real profit cash flow generating companies. And if there's one thing that you can do that helps you to avoid a huge amount of risk, unnecessary risk in the market, It's to just focus on profitable businesses as investments, at least for the very core, for the core of your portfolio, for the vast majority of your portfolio. That reduces a huge amount of the risk with investing. And there are plenty, more importantly, there are plenty of great businesses out there that are generating a profit and can produce extraordinary returns and extraordinary growth. So no need to take unnecessary risk when investing.
0: Yeah, it's just a core to our philosophy. And, uh, you know, just taking that undue risk uh, with your hard earned dollars is just not necessary. There's a ton of volatility you can have even in profitable businesses. Uh, But, you know, a company that has not proved its ability to create cash flow. I mean, there's people will reference Amazon all the time because it ran at, you know, losses or uh, for years. But Amazon's an absolute unicorn to put that as a benchmark for every other unprofitable high-growth company at present is, uh, in my opinion, frankly ridiculous. Because you know that's your that's your outlier. You don't use that as a benchmark for what your investment philosophy is going forward. And we've seen many in the markets doing this for a couple of years. Uh, it, for me, it's undue risk that you don't have to take. Even when Aaron was talking about the list of companies we're talking about uh, you know he he said there was 30% decline in those on average where you know you look at this fund who is investing in this ETF that's investing in these I mean there's some really great businesses that we like in there but they're paying just any price for them at some point and uh, you know it has have had a 50% on average decline over that period um you would expect them to be significantly more volatile to volatile than the businesses that are actually creating cash flow. And just by those raw numbers that we put out there, you can see you know, a 30% decline versus a 50% decline. The profitability does matter and valuations will matter. And it looks like right now in the markets, investors are getting back to valuations mattering. And you need to know what is in your portfolio and the valuations on those businesses right now, whether one you, you want to continue to hold them or, or sell them or buy more. So let's look at uh, meta platforms,
1: Facebook essentially. From our Stars and Dog segment, it's time for this week's Dog. <laughs>
0: Aaron's going to look at the activity on this company over the past week. A profitable business, but uh, there was a miss here and uh, some growth outlook uh, that looks a little bit negative going forward. Uh, Aaron's going to examine that now. Certainly
2: a highly profitable business uh, and one of the largest companies in the world. So this is not what I would have normally considered a speculative name and something that you would expect to lose so much value overnight. But let's get into it here. So Meta Platforms, formerly Facebook, Uh, Is trading now today at about $230 per share. Uh, It's a $660 billion market cap company, but only a couple of days ago, it was almost at a trillion. So Meta Platforms, of course, is the owner of the Facebook app, which is the largest social media platform in the world. About 2.9 billion uh, monthly active users. Meta also owns Instagram, Messenger, and WhatsApp. Uh, this is Essentially, it's, it's, it's an advertising company with 90% of the company's revenues coming from, from advertising. So Meta's stock price took a huge plunge uh, this week, declining 25% on Thursday after the release of its fourth quarter results. That's a loss of market value of over $220 billion in a single day. Rarely do you ever see a company of Meta's size take this kind of a plunge in a single day. Of course, there are not many companies that are Meta size. So what happened? Well, the short answer is that Meta missed analysts earnings earnings estimates and also reported weaker than expected guidance. The company reported Q4 earnings per share of $3.67 on revenue of 33.67 billion compared to consensus estimates of $3.83 in earnings per share and 33 So Meta's revenue actually came in slightly above estimates and earnings per share fell short of estimates by only about 4%. Hardly seems like it justifies a 25% drop in a single day. Uh, But Meta also released guidance uh, for year-over-year revenue growth of 3% to 11% for the first quarter of 2022. This would be a significant drop in revenue growth relative to previous years. Over the last three years, the company's averaged revenue revenue growth of almost thirty percent annually. So this is a, a big drop, um, but still, Meta was trading at twenty four times earnings before its re, its earnings were released and before the big plunge. So it's not like it was being priced uh, at the level of a company whereby the market would have been expecting consistent twenty to thirty percent revenue growth for the foreseeable future. Uh, the market was already pricing in lower revenue growth beforehand. So what's really going on here? Uh, In in our view, the big move down is largely about competition. We actually had Facebook as a dog of the week last year as well. And one of the things that we pointed out is that in spite of the company being highly profitable, having good growth, um, it was really under a lot of competitive pressure from social media platforms like TikTok and Snapchat. These are the types of platforms that are much more popular with younger viewers. Now, I am not in any way an expert on what is cool with the younger generation these days. I'm sure there's all sorts of social media platforms which are cooler with the with the Generation Zs um, that I don't even know the names of yet. But I do know that Facebook has really lost its cool factor amongst the younger generation. So it still has Instagram, but Facebook is the larger part of the business. Uh, and there's just some concerns that investors have, rightfully so, about what the social media platform looks like over the next five years or more. Um, Also, Facebook always seems to be in the crosshairs of negative press these days. Uh, The discussions about the dissemination of fake news and disinformation, the companies often held largely responsible for the polarization we're seeing in society right now, politically and socially. And it's been accused many times um, of willingly knowing that it's being it's it's allowing its platform to be used for nefarious activities and the distribution of misinformation purely so that it can make a profit. Now, I'm not here to discuss the social ramifications of Facebook or social media in general, uh, but between the 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 increased competition in the market today, Facebook having lost its cool factor among younger users and then the constant stream of negative press it becomes not difficult to understand why many investors are quick to hit the sell button when they see any type of kink in the company's armor. What's our take on all of this? Well, ultimately, uh, I, I view the single day drop of 25% in Meta share price uh, likely as an overreaction. The company's trading right now at about 17 times earnings today. This is now a significant discount to the overall market. Uh, it's a it's a very significant discount to the to the Fang Group or the group of the what are considered the five largest technology companies, which would be Meta, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Alphabet, which owns Google. Now growth will certainly decline. Uh, it may even go negative for a while, but we don't see any clear signs necessarily that this company is falling apart anytime soon. Uh, the company's investments and journey into what it refers to as the metaverse uh, could. Uh, eventually be the beginning of a new leg of growth for meta. Um, right now, that is really just speculation, though it's it's just really too early to tell. So this said, however, we're we're not in any way ready to hit the buy button on the company at this point. Um, there is a lot of uncertainty still in Meta's future, and we already have standing recommendations and a research on two other uh, major fang major technology stocks. These companies have been more predictable, their businesses are more predictable, they have far better growth outlooks in the near term, and they've also produced much better performance over the last couple of years. So while Facebook is something that's interesting at this price, it's not something that I'm necessarily going myself and rushing out to buy as I see from a from a risk value growth perspective, some other opportunities in the space that are that are more interesting.
0: Excellent. I think the most shocking part of that analysis is that you state you are not hip to what kids think is cool. I think day. I am. That I am The me.
2: exact opposite of hip to what kids.
0: <laughs> oh, you know. uh, what? Well, you're hip to me too. Me too. So. <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's all well, that, that doesn't matter, say right? much about you guys, but that especially you, You're a young so man. You should,
2: you, you should be much more in with
0: uh, what's cool. Well. he didn't he say he thinks you're I hip think th- you're which hip, yeah. basically but, uh, reflects on how hip uh, i he will is, say so. that i
3: never downloaded tiktok and uh you know that, that is where the kids are looking these days you know and i think even mark kids, Z- zuckerberg even said that uh, in their earnings call uh, i believe you know that that was taking a big hit who uh who? the zuck mark zuckerberg uh-uh. well, i
2: have i have teenage nieces and they're all about tiktok they're all about Snapchat. They they no interest in 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 Facebook, Instagram. I think is still cool, um, for now. But you know, TikTok, Snapchat. That's what I'm hearing a lot about. But yeah, I mean, I think there's.
0: I have a 16 year old, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I can confirm. And I, I think that, yeah, that I can. And Discord and things exactly. like like that. You know, you know, people don't even yeah. A lot of people don't even <laughs> know exist. Not, right? not even on. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it's yeah. something else and half them they're trying something to hide else that i'd like to add to
3: is uh, like and ryan brought this up actually just the other day is i believe that facebook was kind of alluding to the fact that the new iphone operating system was also oh it's
0: changes in apple's ios system exactly. right privacy changes raise concerns facebook's not i mean the concern is not able to track and target mm-hmm. users as well so that is a a big concern um it hasn't affected because uh, Alphabet is exactly. a company, essentially, they're saying it hasn't affected them as much. I mean, there is some privacy issues that would likely affect Alphabet as well. But I mean, because they have so much data, because they own that search engine that people go to, it's called Google, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've aggregated a lot of data, still able to target quite well um, without as much of the privacy concerns uh, that many people have had with Facebook with the tracking. Uh, So, yeah, that is one of the concerns going forward. And you have that fear out there. And, uh, yeah, it's shocking amount of market cap lost and uh, in in such a short period for a company of that size. A lot of investment going into the metaverse uh, for an uncertain return. And, you you know, you're seeing the stock get priced uh, because of those risks right now there's certainly other names that we would prefer even though there's a, a significant loss there although you know facebook has done tremendously well over the long term i'm not i'm not shorting the stock is what i'm saying i'm certainly not doing anything like I, that i would say no, on no, no. facebook
2: and this isn't necessarily something that enters too much into the investment equation but facebook is a company that people just love to hate uh, i would say more than yeah. more than just about any other company i can think of so
0: yeah, going back to the reference to the kids, quote unquote, um, you know, as Facebook versus Alphabet, or yeah, you know, uh, like they love YouTube, like they still like you know the the sixteen year old, they're still just all over YouTube, right? So well, that's, man, that's I guess that I guess I'm I'm more hip than Alphabet, I thought right? because I yeah. love
2: YouTube as well
0: as an educational
2: yeah. resource. I think it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe I'm, yeah. I am cooler than so I am. So there,
0: there's, I mean, it hasn't lost its cool factor or whatever you want to call it. It's just very useful. Like, I, I just, I don't even know if it has to be it's cool. Very useful. You know what I, I mean? I learned how like to work very, on my
3: car yeah, because of YouTube, you know, following tutorials. Yeah. You know, it's very, very mm-hmm. useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah, I told my mom the other day, she was like just looking at some recipe for something. I'm saying Google this, get on and she's like 79, you know, turning 80, Boom. she's like uses it to get a recipe right, right? And she's uh, I think the only time she hasn't got a recipe right in her <laughs> life, but she used that and she's like this is really good. I'm like well, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's great. Anyways, as we dash over Alphabet, uh, we want to get to our final Your
1: Stock, Our Take. It's time we answer a question on your stock. In a little segment, we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold.
0: Uh, Brennan's got that. It's on, uh, what's the company? Ecosynthetic? Yep, yep. Is that Ecosyn- what it is?
3: Ecosynthetic. Yeah,
0: yeah, E-C-O on the TSX. Ecosynthetics. Yes. There we go. Something Thank like you. that. On ECO, on the TSX, interesting company, but you're going to look at whether the, you know, the gains that we've seen over the past year and even five years in the stock uh, are really driven by and are supported by the underlying fundamentals, or is this been like a feel-good environmental trade uh, that really uh, that isn't justified by the underlying numbers? I think that's what you're going to look you at bet. Now.
3: Okay, so uh, this year's stock, our take, came in from Gord via email. Uh, thanks again i'm just gonna yes thank you Gord. i'm just gonna repeat it again just because i was talking over ryan there ecosynthetics inc eco on the tsx uh currently trading at a price of five dollars and eleven cents and has a market cap of about 303 million uh, so, the company Ecosynthetics is a renewable chemicals company specializing in bio based materials from natural feedstocks such as potatoes, uh, tapioca, and cornstarch as an alternative to petroleum derived feedstocks such as formaldehyde and styrene based chemicals. So, the company's two flagship products are Eco or Exosphere Biolatex, which is used in paper and paperboard packaging industries where essentially it allows colorful graphics uh, to stick to glossy paper. And their other flagship product is Durabind biopolymers, which are a no-added formaldehyde binder system used in the production of wood composite panels. So a few key points on the business here is the company's strategy is to diversify uh, a little bit away from their paper and paperboard market that is their primary market uh, and they want to focus more on their wood composites as well as personal care markets. Uh, I looked into the segments and I couldn't actually find out how much is coming from uh, each of these segments here or each of these markets. Um, So now I'm going to take a look at the history here and you guys will understand why a bit. But the company went... Uh, or had its initial public offering uh, in 2011, where it raised over $100 million at $9 per share. And it appears that since then the company has really just been milking this cash balance over the the past decade. Where in 2012 they had about 93 million in cash. 2015 they had 61 million. In 2018 they had about 45 million. And the last quarter they had about 41 million in cash. So this is definitely how the company is staying afloat. You guys will see that as a, uh, once I get into the uh, financials here. Um, and as well, you know, I find that it's interesting that it, uh, that this company Uh, is buying back its own shares, even though it's not yet profitable, Uh, where during the first three quarters of 2021, the company canceled about 200,000 common shares uh, for just under a million dollars, essentially. So I think that that is interesting. They're doing that even though they're not profitable yet. So let's look at this lack of profitability in the revenue growth. So the recent financial results for Q3 of 2021 revenue was up uh, 57 percent to four point seven million compared to the same quarter last year. Now, growth was from higher sales volume, along with higher average selling prices. Uh, The company is still losing money, as I have said. Uh, They lost about eight hundred thousand dollars compared to a loss of six hundred thousand for Q3 of 2020. They're also losing money on an adjusted EBITDA basis, uh, losing about 116,000 compared to about 230,000 for Q3 of 2020. And like I said, they've got about 41 million in cash with no debt. And looking at the valuation, the company trades with a trailing price to sales multiple of about 18 times sales. Uh, And even if we estimate that the company can get back up to its high watermark of 23 million in fiscal 2021, uh, the company still trades at about 13 times sales, so very pricey. And looking longer term, you know the company has really struggled to grow revenue and has never really broken into profitability. Where in 2013 we saw the company post revenues of about 22 million, then they declined to 13.3 million in 2016, then they came back up to about 18.4 million in 2019, and uh, in 2021 it does look like they're back on track to breach that 20 million. Um, but really we just haven't seen much growth over the long term, which is definitely a concern. So our take here. With EcoSynthetics, I believe the lack of consistent growth and profitability over the past decade is really the primary concern for me. It looks like a decent company in the fact that they are playing on the theme of sustainability and have a healthy balance sheet with the goal of diversifying out of its primary market of paper and paperboard clients. But with the spotty history and the business trading at 18 times trailing sales, it's just way too pricey for us, uh, which would, of course, you know, keep us on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like an interesting business, but, you know, we look back and you detailed it: 2012, first year, I believe, public company or in that range at uh, 19.6 million, 2013 got up to 22.2, um, you know, hit a low over that 10 year period of about 13.7 uh, last year, but and is rebounding this year, but up to, you know, trailing 12 months, 16.6. Might maybe gets to twenty million. This year this year, well, in twenty thirteen, it did twenty two point two million. Um, you know, operating losses each year uh, they are reducing, but there's no growth here. So you're pulling back on costs or inputs. Or, it just it looks like you know a a a good type of business. I like what they're trying to do, but it doesn't look like there's any growth in the end market. So. I'm not sure how their stock has gone on a move higher over the past like three, five years, other than being in an area where people want to invest, which is good. It's good, but they, you know, you know, you're not making any money and all the original investors that invested in this company, really, there hasn't been any cash flow. And it is strange to me at the current valuations to be buying back any shares and not have any better use of that those funds. and what happens um, when
3: that 40 million believing in up? the
0: story rather than the fundamentals exactly exactly Sorry.
3: and what i was just going to say is what happens when all of a sudden that 40 million in cash that they've you know been slowly milking yeah. does dry up
0: and and it is one of their saving graces they got that 40 million they're not the operating losses aren't huge so you know you got years and years to be able to continue to operate and perhaps they you know enter into new markets um, but you know right now 10 years there's been zero growth in the business so uh, you'd think if they had the greatest solution out there, somebody would be beating down their door, or they could be get could have gotten it in front of enough people, or enough other businesses to grow sales at a consistent rate, or grow them at all over the past ten years. We're just looking for business that have some growth, and it hasn't been there. All right. I believe that'll end off our show for this week. I'd like to thank all our listeners for sending their questions into your stock, our take. Ask us anything as well with the Kathy Woods ARK ETF question. Uh, keep those questions coming in. Keep reviewing and rating us on uh, uh, iTunes. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Uh, we'd love to see that on there. Uh, it keeps us pumping out the content. And again, I'd like to wish everybody out there Profitable investing. Thank Thank you you all. Profitable investing. Thanks, everybody.